When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops, and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Ryder. It's always game day in Cleveland. I'm Andy Baskin. He's Daryl Ryder. And what a flurry of action we had uh, heading into this podcast. Daryl, I mean, when last we left, the quarterback joined the team. And the next thing you know, look at what's going on. you got a wide receiver and the draft gets a little bit more boring. Your thoughts, Daryl Ryder? Yeah, Andrew Barry, um, once again, proving to fans patience is a virtue because all the fans were freaking out. Where's our wide receiver? Because he, you know, pretty much all the moves uh, early in free agency basically addressed the defense and addressed special teams. Not a lot of help for the offense. Well, that changed. Wednesday afternoon when uh, they agreed to a trade. Now it's pending a physical, so technically it hasn't been officially consummated, but they've agreed to terms with the Jets to acquire receiver Elijah Moore. They send out the 42nd pick, their second-round selection uh, in the upcoming draft. They get back pick number 74. That is a third-round selection. So the Browns still have eight picks, but basically we can once again take – the first two uh, rounds of the draft off, and Deshaun Watson's got that speedster weapon. We were all looking for him to get this offseason. So we'll be waiting till what, late Friday night for the Browns' first pick in the draft if they don't make any moves. Just to get you up to speed, the Browns now have that pick in the third round. They already had the 98th pick, so they have two picks in the third round, two picks in the fourth round, number 111 and 126. They have two picks in the fifth round, 140 and 142. And in the sixth round, they have the 190th pick. And in the seventh round, 229. Because nothing says sexy pick like 229. Hey, at least it's not Mr. Irrelevant. (laughs) And the very last pick in the draft. So, uh, but, and there is flexibility here for Barry to move up into the second round if he wants to, or, you know, move some of those picks into next year. Uh, remember back in the day when, uh, Joe Banner and Michael Lombardi, I think it was the Barkevius Mingo draft. They, they kept rolling picks into next year. They were turning sixes into fives and fives into fours and fours into threes because there just wasn't a lot in that draft uh, that, uh, they liked. And, um, so there's, there's a lot of flexibility here again, though. They still have eight selections in the upcoming draft honestly i was hoping that it was just straight up 42 but they had to turn around and and get uh number 74 uh back from uh, new york so they i guess maintain their their pick count going into this thing um but I, look i i like the, i like the trade um is elijah moore he wanted out of new york he was very frustrated last year uh, with his role, uh, lack of targets at times, uh, ended up requesting a trade in the season, didn't get traded. Now he does. 
the the Jets get a pick from the Browns that potentially could f- help facilitate the Aaron Rodgers trade with the Green Bay Packers because now they have 41-42 in addition to 13 overall. So there, there, there's actually a little bit to this trade here beyond just, hey, the Browns get the receiver they need and uh, they send away their their top pick in the draft to, to make that happen. Um, you know, they, they might have ultimately helped facilitate playing against Aaron Rodgers this fall. Not not to say like the, the Browns were the make or break team to, to get that trade whenever it happens to happen, but it, it, I wouldn't be surprised to see the, uh, you know, the Browns pick uh, being used in a trade or them having that in their back pocket because they move 41. So basically they kind of stay where they were in the second round. All right, let's just kind of look back at what Moore's done. He's in his third season in the NFL, went to Mississippi, was a second-round pick by New York in 2021, was in 27 games, 15 starts, 80 receptions, almost 1,000 yards with six touchdowns. Uh, He's got 59 rushing yards with a score there, too. In his three years at Old Miss, he had 189 receptions for 2,400 yards and 16 touchdowns. Where does he fall in the pecking order if you want to look at it that way, among the Browns' wide receivers? Well, I mean, he's he's top three, right? I mean, he becomes a, a third option uh, in the pass game for uh, Deshaun Watson. Um, yeah, I, I think that his versatility, you can line him up in the backfield, you can put him in the slot, you can let him run just straight down the field, uh, let him freelance a little bit. Like He's exactly what they're looking for. Doesn't cost a lot of money, around uh, three and a half million remaining on the final two years of his contract. Basically, this year, if he plays well, I could see the Browns extending him because remember, Amari Cooper's coming up soon. Um, so I, it fits the profile of the type of player that Andrew Barry's looking for. And I realize there are some folks that might be on the fence uh, about this trade, Andy, but I'll be honest with you, I think he's better than anything they were going to get at 42. Like, I, I just, I, I feel like uh, there's a little track record there. Uh, doesn't drop the football when it's thrown to him. That's when it actually does get thrown to him. And, um, you know, that, that he's exactly what uh, the Browns needed to be able to insert into this offense. So um, I, I like the move. Uh, Andrew Barry, once again, it's another offseason on paper when you look at his moves. You see all the holes he's filled. Like, I mean, last year, there was only one spot he failed miserably to address, and that was defensive tackle. Um, But when you look at his track record uh, as a GM since 2020, like every offseason, he's been extremely aggressive and bringing in a lot of players to fill holes. And and that's what he did this year again. So um, it... On paper, the Browns are looking good once again. Well, I, I also go back. Um, I also go back and look at what the depth chart looked like when you talk about where he was going into last season. Like we talked about, you know, being empty at defensive tackle, but he had both Malik's, the Jackson and McDowell at that point. So, and I'm not sure that he could have expected both of them to be gone going into last season. So I give, I'll cut them a little slack there, but I still think they need work to do. Well, they didn't get enough done. I mean, there's a tiny bit of slack I give them there because I mean, 
one guy flipped out, you know. So I don't know. Let's let's come back. We'll regroup. I want yeah, to talk more about this. Address it. That's why I don't give him the slack because he had the whole offseason to address that position, and he he made the decision uh, to go with the guys that he went with and uh, Jordan Elliott and Taven Bryan. And frankly, those guys didn't get it done. They seven games were, or I should say, six games where they did not give up 100 yards. That's 10 games, you know, that's 11 games, I should say, where they gave up 100 yards rushing on the ground. That, that's just, that, that, that's the No, G- I agree. I mean, look, I mean, at the end of the day, there are no excuses, but there was a quirk in the, in the, in the whole thing. But it's not a big deal. And he needed to bounce back this year. And on paper, like you said, it looks like he did. All right, let's come back. We're going to talk more about what the Browns have been able to do uh, here in the offseason. Two moves with guys that were here, and now they're back. Huh. You like what you're listening to? Subscribe to the podcast. It's always game day in Cleveland. Hey, it's always game day in Cleveland. Daryl Ryder, Andy Baskin, catching you up to date on everything going on with the Browns this offseason. It's been a busy week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing. And, uh, oh, yeah, listen up. Mobile sports betting, finally live here in the state of Ohio. BetQL wants to help prevent you from making bad bets. In order to win big, download the BetQL app today and instantly get their models, best bets, live public information, sharp data trends, and much more right at your fingertips. Use code OH25 for 25% off your first month. Head to BetQL.com slash news slash 923thefan for exclusive sportsbook offers. He is Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. All right, let's get to the news of the last, well, I guess if you're listening somewhere, probably within 72 hours. And, excuse me, the Browns decided to go back to a place where they were familiar with when it comes to a backup quarterback. And I'll be honest, I'm not 100% sure I saw it coming, but I'm kind of glad it happened because I think that Josh Dobbs is a good guy uh, to have behind Deshaun Watson. It just kind of makes sense, doesn't it? I saw it happening. <laughs> You're a smarter man than I am then. I wasn't surprised. Uh, he, he has a really good relationship with uh, Deshaun Watson. But, yeah, I mean, um, the expectation is we don't see Josh Dobbs. That That's not a slight on him, but, right, I mean, the expectation is we don't see him. He, he, he gets a year uh, back here uh, under Kevin Stefanski. He pretty much knows the offense anyway. Uh, maybe has to learn a few new plays that Stefanski has drawn up. Uh, this offseason, but it's it's going to be familiar to him, uh, which I, I think will be good for him mentally. Uh, gives him uh, some more time to develop. Uh, you know, got thrown into the fire literally uh, down in Tennessee, right? I mean, did, didn't they like sign him on a Wednesday and he had to play Sunday or something? Like that's just crazy. But isn't that, um, isn't that had- the way for all old Browns quarterbacks last season? Yeah, just throw him in and let him go. Right, Bake? You got it. Yeah, that's what, that's what happened to Baker, too. Um, yeah. It's happened here in Cleveland. Well, that's true, too. <laughs> Signed on Wednesday, and Joe Thomas is introducing himself by the fourth quarter on Sunday. So, um, but yeah, I, I, I like, uh, you know, Josh Dobbs a lot. Uh, he's a hell of a golfer, too. So, I'll be uh, looking forward to see him, seeing him out on the links uh, this summer. But, um, yeah, uh, not a surprising move. Uh, another solid move by Andrew Berry to bring back a familiar face. All right, and that's not the only familiar face that he has uh, welcomed back home. Hello, Anthony Walker. Just three weeks into the season, he got hurt. Uh, went to go visit Washington. Apparently didn't work out, and now he's back in a Browns uniform. Thoughts? I, I I think he went and went to Washington, saw what was going on there, and came right back. It was like, all right, I'm good. Let's go. <laughs> 
I kid, I kid. Uh, but um, yeah, I mean, they really missed him on the field last year. Let's be honest about it, Andy. And unfortunately, his injury kind of started the domino effect of the other injuries that happened at linebacker. Um, he really was the the captain on that side of the ball. And losing him uh, against the Steelers in week three was a major, major blow after he had surgery. Credit to him, because like most guys, like once they have surgery, they, they're, they're off rehabbing. They, they, they don't come back. He came back to Berea. He, he, he would watch practice on his crutches uh, with his, you know, leg all in, you know, wrapped up and, you know, taking care of following the surgery and that. Uh, I, I really, I'm, I'm glad that they brought him back. He is somebody that I advocated uh, for Andrew Berry to bring back. He's not an old guy by any stretch of the imagination. Like he's what I mean, like, like he's not an over the hill veteran. You know what I mean? Like I, I think he's got plenty of good years uh, left in him. Um, and uh, again, I, I think that there's something to be said for the leadership and professionalism uh, that he brings. And I think that he will fit in very, very well with what Jim Schwartz wants and expects from his players. So uh, another solid move by Barry to get uh, Anthony Walker back under contract for his third consecutive one-year deal. Hey, anyway you can get paid, right? Anyway, yep. it doesn't matter. As long as you're in the league, I think that's what the matter. I mean, look, we continue to talk about Kareem Hunt, wondering how much he's going to make and yeah. where he's going to end up. But I, we've talked about Kareem enough, I think, and we'll see what happens with him when it's all said yeah. and done. How, I mean, I'm not surprised that Walker's back because when we talked to him during locker cleanout, like he made it very clear he'd like to come back. He understands the business aspect of things uh, when it comes to free agency. But he said, hey, I, and I'm paraphrasing, not a direct quote, but basically his message was, I love it here. Love the organization. I love the city. I love the fans. I'm, I'm comfortable here. I don't want to be one of these guys that, that you know bounces around a bunch in, in my career. I don't want to have to be picking up and moving every single off season. So I'd like to be back, but I also realize the the nature of the business and, you know, there's a chance that it might not happen. So not surprised he's back. I'm glad he's back. He's a good guy. He's I, in my opinion, I think he's a good player and uh, also a good leader. Um, I did want to talk about one other former Brown who did find a new team. Uh, I, I originally I thought that he was going to head to Washington. I don't know where I, heard, I thought I heard that today, but Dearness Johnson will agree to a one-year deal with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Your thoughts on that? Good for him. Um, just not no room here. Uh, we've talked about in previous podcasts when we've you know even we were discussing Kareem Hunt, and I, I just kept saying I just nothing against Kareem personally. There just isn't any room here for him to get the type of carries he's going to need to reset his market value next off season. And kind of same thing with the earnest, just he, he did all he could do here. Um, I, there's just not a lot of uh, opportunities for him last year. Um, I'm grabbing my stat sheet here, my cheat sheet. He had four carries for 17 yards. Yeah. yeah you know what I mean? Right. Uh, uh, Anthony Schwartz, had four carries for 57 and he does, he's not even a running back. So, um, and then in the, uh, in the return game, um, also not uh, a lot of opportunity there. So yeah, just there, there, there wasn't. And again, that's not a slight on him. I like him. I think he's a nice player. 
do I think he's a number one running back? No, but he's a pretty good guy to have in the backfield. He's versatile, can catch it out, uh, out of the backfield. Remember what he did against the Denver Broncos in that Thursday night game? Oh, they remember um, quite well. Anytime we talk to anybody from Denver, they're like, Dearness Johnson, is he playing against the? Oh, boy, we're in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, I do you remember that? I remember having this conversation. I was like, um, I don't think he's going to see the field, but yeah. Um, so yeah, good for him. And uh, hopefully now he gets an opportunity to really showcase his ability there down in Jacksonville. Cause that just wasn't going to happen here in Cleveland for him. Uh, th that said, Daryl, you know, there's been a lot of talk about what the Browns running attack is going to look like next year. And, you know, anybody that wanted to talk about Kareem Hunt coming back, it's like, why it doesn't make a lot of sense. How, how, little do you think they'll use Nick Chubb next year? How much of the running game do you think they'll – are they going to squeeze it? I, like, are we talking about 90-10, 80-20? What do you yeah, think? I gotta, let, me, let me do the quick math here. Give me a second. Got to break out my calculator. He had uh, 302 carries last year, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Divide that by 17. That comes out to 17.76 uh, carries per game. That's good for me. I would say that this coming season, I think it's going to be closer to 15 carries a game. So unless he gets hot, then maybe the head coach will realize that he's hot. They'll keep handing him the ball. Oh no, <laughs> we'll have them off balance because they're going to think that we're going to run the ball, but we're going to fake them out and then we're going to throw the ball. I got it. Now I get it. Starting to understand the Stefanski offense. I'm guessing it's going to be around 15 carries a game. So they'll take away a couple. Yeah. I, I think the average will go down a little bit. Um, he averaged five five yards per carry last season and had over 1,500 yards. Him and Jim Brown, the only guys in franchise history to rush for 1,500. Oh, you, know you know what makes sense there? Use him less. Well, but again. I know. Run him 17 strimes to start the game, and then I'll guarantee us a win. The, Keep going. No, the, the, the game is just different. It, it, it's a passing league, and the Browns have a quarterback now that's going to allow them to pass. And then the other thing, too, is keep in mind, like Deshaun's probably going to have some designed runs in there off the RPOs. Like that's another thing to factor in there. So right. maybe those three carries that uh, Nick Chubb doesn't get, those are designed to go to Deshaun Watson. You see what I'm saying? No, I understand. And so, you know when it'll be a running game again? You know what? When, when? when they're leading in the fourth quarter and they're just looking to put it away. No, when some team figures out that they want their team to be a running team again, and then all of a sudden the the tide will turn. I don't know that the rate will ever turn return for running backs, but some team's going to say, you know what? Hey, we got two good running backs. Quarterback's not throwing the ball real well. We got a good offensive line. Look at that. We can run the ball. Wow. Let's do. Oh my God. And then we're all going to copy that team. Rip your rearview mirror out. Give Nick Chubb the ball and let's go. That's all I can say. Okay, I, yeah, I'm off well, my I, I feel better. <laughs> I don't think that that's going to be. It just it's 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 ludicrous to walk into a game and feel like you don't have both options. I'm not saying you got to use both options, but if you're going to minimize an option, and uh, can we not deny that Nick's one of the best players on the team? And can we not yeah. deny it doesn't make any sense to have him off the field on third down? If we can get to that, I'll shut up about it forever. It drives me nuts to watch the best player on our team standing on the sidelines with his jacket on and third down. Even if they don't hand them the ball, the other team's got to look for it. Thank you. 
I, I, I don't disagree with you. I have a feeling that the third downs that the Browns are going to be in are going to be like third and long. Because they, they're going to be in a lot of long yarded situations this year because Deshaun, Deshaun gets sacked a lot. Now, he doesn't get well, sacked. Let's not forget a legal man downfield. That could be coming down too. A lot more of those. Right. We saw and, that. And, and, and holdings because you're trying to hold you know those blocks a little longer. So they are going to have the cost of business of, of having more uh, longer down situations, but you have a quarterback now that can overcome those with ease. So when they're third and seven or even third and 12, it's not panic time because you you have a quarterback that can can pick that up. So either with his legs or with his arm. So All right, let's agree on this one before we go to break, right? right. If it's third down and less than four, Nick should be on the field. Yes. Okay, we agree. It's always game day in Cleveland. You want to be a part of the show? We'd love to have you be a part of the show. Love it. Absolutely love it. You know how you do that? You follow us on social media and you ask us a question. We have a mailbag show coming up here. I know I can feel it in the future that we will do a mailbag show. How do you do that? Well, you know how to do it. We've told you a zillion times. It's always game day in Cleveland. We are available on social media. That's right, Daryl. We are. You can get a hold of us on Instagram or Twitter at, at Game Day CLE. CLE. Yes, at Game Day CLE. That's what I'm saying, baby. At Game Day CLE. All right, let's come back. One of the newest Browns spoke today. Who was it? Darrow will reveal. It's always Game Day in Cleveland. It's always Game Day in Cleveland. He's Daryl. I'm Andy. Thanks for listening in. All right, Daryl, who was today's lucky speaker on Zoom? I'm going to give you a hint because I want to make you pronounce his name. Who is the defensive end from the Houston, Texas? Oh, Obadiah. Yes, Obadiah. Who? You said call him Obadiah. Now, all of a sudden, I heard you call Obadiah Orankaru and that he is going to be that man, and he was there on Oparankro. Uh, Come on, Oparankro, yeah, double O. God, you know do what? You know I wish Doug Keaton was still calling Browns games. Do we, wait, do <laughs> we know what his number? Pronounce it. Wait, do we know what his number is going to be? That's what his nickname should be. Whatever his number is. <laughs> whatever his number is. Double O ninety nine or whatever they give him, right? Double O ninety eight. Double O seven. It can't be 07 anymore. It, <laughs> it's interesting. Who is Because, <coughs> excuse me, on our, on our lads, as I spit it out, on our lads, they have him listed as OO. So right now, I'm going to call him double O, double O. Well, uh, he, can, he can be seven because – I thought it was just linebackers. Jacoby Brissett's no longer here. Yeah, but oh, I thought right. they, they messed with the uniform. I gotta go back and look. Like, they messed yeah, with the yeah. uniform number thing. I I forgot about that. Okay, shame on you. Next thing you know, you'll be coughing during the podcast. No, I'll leave that to you. I wish no ill will. On I, you. I, 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 I never. Right, what did double O? What did double O double O have to say? I never saw someone get so choked up talking about. I'm emotional. Like what you. can I say? I'm Vuklemt. <laughs> Ask our producer; she'll tell you. I'm Vuklemt. <laughs> Double O, double O. What did he have to say? I had a lot to say. Um, you know, this is, you know, an opportunity that he's been waiting for uh, to, to be be a starter. He comes to Cleveland not having really 
to earn the job. Um, you know, down in Houston, he was a role player for most of the season until late in the year when he started the final eight games, had those uh, five sacks down the stretch. Um, you know, certainly, obviously, uh, grateful, uh, as he put it, that, that the Browns uh, looked beyond his experience and saw his potential. Um, he, you know, he, let's not forget, he played with Aaron Donald in L.A. with the Rams for three years, so he got like a front row seat to how Donald plays. And when he was with the Rams, he was basically a pass rush specialist, which means he wasn't an every down player. He was a, a hit and miss guy getting a couple of snaps per game. Um, the thing that really kind of stood out to me is he talked about the difficulty of kind of having to wait his turn and, and, and to be confident in himself and be patient with that process. Um, you know, he even said that he would be lying if, you know, he were to say that it wasn't difficult on him because everybody deserves, or I should say feels like, uh, they deserve to play. Uh, he kind of was biding his time. Uh, he, he got some time with the Houston Texans last year. Uh, I think he had a sack against the Browns too, if I remember correctly, uh, in that game, but, you know, seized his opportunity and, um, you know, he, he really feels like he's going to be able to make a difference opposite of, uh, of miles Garrett. Um, you know, cause he goes from playing with Aaron Donald, right now he gets right. to play with, with miles Garrett. So, um, it, it's, it's, I am excited to see what he's going to bring uh, to this defense opposite Miles because, again, it's not going to be a send-the-house, blitz-everybody type of defense under Jim Schwartz. Is that something we're going to have to get used to, or do you think that fans are going to be like, uh, why are we blitzing it off? We need to be blitzing more. Well, hopefully it won't even be an issue because but, you know, they will have been creating enough pressure to not need to blitz, right? I mean, I mean that's the goal is that, uh, you know, with Garrett, uh, with uh, Dalvin Tomlinson, uh, you know, with Oboe, they will be able to create enough pressure to where they don't need to blitz and fans aren't going to be complaining about the lack of blitzing uh, because they're they're getting uh, pressure and they're creating havoc in opposing backfields, which is uh, obviously uh, the goal. Where do you see I, – I, you kind of touched on it, but if, as far as being a leader and maybe just being I, – I don't know. Do you want to compare him to Jadavion Clowney? Is that fair or not? Are they just two no. different kind of players? No, I think two different guys, and and I, I don't think he needs to come in and be a leader. Uh, to me, the leaders on defense are going to be Juan Thornhill, uh, Anthony Walker, and Miles Garrett, and Denzel Ward too. Like th Those are your leaders on that side of the ball. So – uh, what I really like about what Andrew Barry did is he 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 brought in uh, a nice mix of guys. He brought in guys that are just going to be expected to come in, you know, keep their mouth shut, do their job type, right? And he also brought in some experience, some winners, uh, obviously uh, referencing Thornhill, uh, who can help out in that secondary. Uh, with a lot of the communication problems that they had a year ago. Um, and and some guys that can get some pressure naturally up front. Because let's be honest about Andy, last season, outside of Miles Garrett, they didn't do a lot as far as generating any type of pressure or getting any uh, consistent 
you know, penetration up front. Um, uh, so they, I, I think that with the addition of Obo, the addition of Tomlinson. Wait, what was his name again? Sorry, what'd you say his name was? Sorry. Oh, Obo, for short. Oh, no, what was his real name again? Oh, it's Obanaya Okorunkwo. See, sure? I know how to say his name. You don't. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I listened to you butcher it the first podcast we did, too. Okorunkwo. You probably had to say it more than I have. Okorunkwo. Double O, double O, double O. Get it straight, Okorunkwo. Okorunkwo. That's right, baby. That's what I'm saying. By the way, I was looking at photos of, of him today. <laughs> I, I just stop. You sound creepy no. at this point. I'm just telling no, you. Because, Sounds creepy. Keep going. Because of the nameplate, it literally goes to, from like the numbers on the shoulders. It's that like the nameplate goes ah. like it's a tight squeeze getting getting the entire name on the nameplate. So it was funny looking at at the uh, the photos of him with the Texans. He wore, by the way, he wore 45. I think it was. Uh, when he was down in Houston, but Okoronko. Double O 45. Wait, do we have he, a 45? He, 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 he took uh, up a lot of real estate there on the, the nameplate. Will there, hey, here's a question for you. Will there be Okoronko jerseys in the stands this year? Yes, yes, yes. Will we, when we look out from the press box to the club seats there, will we see Okoronko jerseys in uh, the club section? I will. Uh, let me say this. Anybody that's wearing one of the jerseys will receive the first ever always game day in Cleveland gift pack, which contains absolutely nothing. <laughs> it's very exciting. It's a fictitious bag with all kinds of fictitious things inside the gift pack. Compliments of our fictitious promotions department. That of course I'm talking about the, it's always game day in Cleveland promotion department. Please do not let that be confused with any other promotions department that we may work with throughout the day. They do a great job. But I will tell you, the promotions department of It's Always Game Day in Cleveland will will give out a fictitious airbag to whoever has that jersey. Daryl, how do you feel about that? I, I you know what? I, I think that is mighty generous of you. I, I mean, friends of the show on TV on uh, radio, they get a big bag of air. So why shouldn't friends of the show for It's Always Game Day in Cleveland? We are equal opportunity when it comes to giving away nothing. We're awesome with that. Or better yet, I will let you use one of my own Sharpies and you can go out and buy a white T-shirt and write It's Always Game Day in Cleveland on it and we'll put you on the show. You will be a guest of the show if you go out and do that. How's Actually, that that's kind of what we, you know, there's a challenge. We need a game day CLE jersey in the stands. There you go. If you could, if not, not, not a real one, don't spend any money. I mean, if you want to spend two bucks on a white T-shirt at, one of those megalomarts, knock yourself out. I think you can get it for less than three bucks. I will provide the Sharpie for you. If you cannot afford a shop, Sharpie your own. The Sharpie might actually cost more than the t-shirt. And if here, you, if you know you, what? You know, yeah, here they are. I got them right here in my Oh, hand. you have two Sharpies right there. Daryl's going to go. Two. And, and is it extra bonus, matching highlighters. <laughs> oh, that's good. Although you can't see them. They're yellow, too. Daryl, you are treading in Pittsburgh Steelers colors there. Oh yeah. Stop. Right. Do you have an orange highlighter? Uh, I do not. No, you have failed the show and therefore you are now fired from the It's Always Game Day in Cleveland Promotions Department. I have I have three highlighters, two different brands. I see them. <laughs> to go with your Sharpies. 
Daryl, um, any other parting words of wisdom for the great listeners of It's Always Game Day in Cleveland? No, I, I think we did enough by offering to give away nothing. I, I think that that was our public service for the day. I, I, we, we have done our jobs. You're well all done. caught up. Well done. Well, you've gone through the transaction wire with us. A little bit of offense, a little bit of defense. It's always game day in Cleveland. Produced by the amazing Meredith Kane. Thank you, Meredith. He's Daryl. I'm Andy. If you like what you're listening to, God bless you. You're a better person than most members of my family. Although they subscribe, I made them. It's always game day in Cleveland.